you know, the, the passage that I want us to look at uh, briefly today is a very familiar one. It's Jesus' words about prayer in Matthew 6, 5 through 15. Jesus says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This text tells us that there are right and wrong ways to pray. In fact, Jesus begins by telling them, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. He begins by telling you, listen, there's a way to pray that, that isn't really praying at all. It's showing off. And so when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't do it for show. But also, don't treat it like some sort of magical, mystical ritual. Like the pagans do. It's not a matter of, of saying a certain set list of prayers or talking for a certain amount of time or saying a certain amount of words and then God will have to answer you. Don't Keep on babbling. God knows what you need before you ask him. And so this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. And this prayer that Jesus gives is not to be repeated verbatim. I mean, no one else in the New Testament ever says these words verbatim. It's not just a set piece. It's providing a, a framework that you build your prayers around. And and this framework is for every time, even, even a pandemic. How do you pray during a pandemic? Well, you start by reminding yourself of who God is. Our Father in heaven. You, you begin by reminding yourself of the relationship you have with God. He is your Father. He has authority and power and strength. He provides and He cares. He doesn't just live on earth. He's transcendent. He's imminent as our Father, but He's transcendent as our God. He lives in the high and holy place of heaven itself. So you remind yourself, how do I pray at this time? Well, I pray the same way I do it every time, because God is still God. He's still my Father in heaven. And, and I pray that His name will be hallowed. Hallowed be your name. This is a prayer not to increase the holiness of God because God is maximally perfectly holy. So we're not praying, Lord, may your name become holy. And of course, name is symbolic of his whole character, his whole nature and essence. And we're not praying, Lord, become holy. We're praying, Lord, you are holy. May your name be seen as it is. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. The kingdom comes with Jesus because the king is present. 
You know, the first message of John the Baptist and Jesus in Matthew's Gospel is, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The reason they can say that is because the king is there. But we know there's more to come. May your kingdom come. We long for this day when the kingdom of God uh, is, is here in fullness. We want the world to see the holiness of God, and we want his kingdom to be here in fullness and in power. And may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The will of God is done in heaven joyfully, fully, completely. The righteous moral will of God is always obeyed. And so we pray that we'll see that here on earth. Lord, may your will be done here on earth with joy and with righteous expedience. Uh, may it be done fully and completely. Then the prayer is give us today our daily bread. You know, you'll remember, you know, over the last number of weeks, uh, there has been difficulty for people, you know, buying groceries. I mean, not only just the lineups, but, you know, you'd go into the grocery store, there isn't any bread. And there wasn't any, you know, milk. There wasn't any eggs. You know, there wasn't any meat. And so you'd go in, there's always food you could get. But you never quite knew exactly what would be lacking at any one time. You know, whole areas of, of produce, empty. I mean, you, you get all that weird produce on the top shelf that no one even knows what it is. Um, you wonder how long it's been sitting there. Uh, but you know, you, the, the normal food you, you kind of take for granted, sometimes you go in and those staple things just wouldn't, wouldn't be available. You, you pray for your daily bread. Well, in this culture, in Jesus' time, a lot of day laborers, they get paid for one day's work at the end of the day. So you got paid every day that you worked. And that day's pay would be enough to buy some food, you know, pay for some shelter. The, your average day laborer wasn't able to save up much for a rainy day, if at all. And so they recognized that they need what, what they got every day, they depended on God for. So you pray every day for your daily bread. For us, maybe some of us for the first time have been praying for our daily necessities. In our culture, though, it may be more praying for like, that God would make, you know, the ends meet at the end of the week or the end of the month. May God meet our weekly, monthly needs. You know, are, the, our billing system is awfully different today than it was in the first century. Nonetheless, if God's going to meet your monthly needs, he has to meet your needs every day. So we still pray, Lord, meet our needs. Then forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Having been forgiven by God, we ourselves are marked by radical forgiveness. And we also pray that God will not lead us into sin, that he, he will not, that he will shelter us and protect us, recognizing that there are situations we can get into that we can't control. Um, that, that there are places, there are times when we would be in over our head and carried away. So deliver us from the evil, but protect us from Satan, protect us from evil. Don't allow us to be tempted beyond what we can stand. Get us out of there. Get us out of it. Notice that this prayer, I've, I said this, I've said this here at Crestwick many times. We start by establishing who God is. We pray for his name to be recognized as holy, that his kingdom will come, that his will will be done. Only after that do we start praying for our daily needs. Only after that do we pray for our physical and spiritual needs. We completely place ourselves under the priorities of God. Then we ask about ourselves. 
And although this pandemic may have caused us to pray a little bit more for health and safety than we normally do, maybe it's caused us to be a little bit more thankful for food than we normally are. Maybe it's caused us to recognize how much we actually do depend on God for the provision of food. Nothing fundamentally has changed in terms of how we should be praying. We always pray for God's priorities first, then turn to ourselves. As Jesus prayed in Gethsemane, not my will, but your will be done. Well, during this time, we talk a lot more about prayer, but what we ought to do is actually pray. So I'm going to uh, turn this off, and uh, you, I'm going to encourage you, take some time to pray. Pray through this prayer uh, to, to the glory of God. So that God's name will be holy, seen as holy. Pray that his kingdom will come. Pray that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then, pray for your own needs. We have needs, God wants us to pray for them. But we have to put them in the right priorities and order.